Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Winner Winner Podcast. <laughs> A Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Podcast. <laughs> There's nothing funny about this podcast. <laughs> who, who are you again? <laughs> Thanks for suffering through that. I just, I just had to get that out of my system. Woo! Okay, all right. Now I can loose. I can unclench my cheeks. Yeah, we our June, We can see our Juna's real dream job. Yeah, here is probably like a conspiracy theory uh, show yeah. on AM radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, I may, actually, when I grow up, I just want to be David Attenborough. Uh, I don't blame you there. Yeah. Yeah, stud muffin. So yeah, welcome to our PUBG podcast. This is uh, one of your hosts, Arjuna. And I'm the other one, Robin. Yeah, and um, it's awesome to have you guys back with us for another week. And uh, this this week's a juicy one for you guys. Um, we are covering, you know, we're stipping, stipping with a... Why can't I speak, Robin? Stipping? I can't wait. Stipping. I think I just failed my Attenborough audition. <laughs> Yeah, fail. Red light is getting you today. Yeah, it's getting me. So, um, so yeah, this week we're going to cover the shotgun uh, pump action versus double barrel. This is really juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, dare I say controversial? <laughs> <laughs> dare I say it? And then um, for our location highlight, we're going to do the Water Town, aka Sunken City, aka Venice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then for our main topic highlight, we're going to do 10 tips and tricks with backup from our listeners. So this is really exciting. We've been hearing from you guys and we decided to put a little more of you on this podcast. So that's all we have to look forward to. But let's move right along to some Patreon shout outs. And uh, so we've had two new Patreon subscribers, Ryan and Christopher, sign up this week. Thank you very much, Ryan and Christopher. Robin, do you have anything heartfelt to say? Just thanks, and I don't know. I I think I'm always a little like surprised and touched when people do that. So I'm super stoked. I know I I tend to support the podcast I listen to here and there, and so um, we don't do like huge pledge drive pledge drives or anything like that. So I'm just stoked that people are like pretty proactive. The show it's awesome. So thanks, guys. Rad. Couldn't agree more. Love you guys. Okay, now here's an exciting announcement is that I spent a while actually figuring out how to set up a subreddit for this show. And uh, there's a few reasons why I wanted to do this. Um, it's not like I am just want to expand and take over the internet via every available platform, although there is a part of me that definitely wants to do that. But the, the reason why I wanted to set this up is that I've been noticing that there have actually been some really interesting discussion topics that have been coming up on our Discord channel. And mm. it's it kind of turns out to be a bad place to have an ongoing conversation about something because as soon as something else new comes along, it just kind of buries the old stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I decided to set up a subreddit, subreddit um, just because subreddits are cool and it's another way for people to interact, especially if they're not really that excited about Discord. But it's also just a cool thing for like if if you have a question and you'd actually like to get answers for it that go beyond like whoever was online when I asked. Mm-hmm. Dude, 
I love it. I'm always, I've been a Reddit consumer for a while. And I think this will actually inspire me to start posting things to Reddit. So heck yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Something new to do on the toilet. Exactly. Just more of that mm-hmm. shitter reading for you. I'm never going to get off the toilet now. <laughs> no. So, so yeah. So uh, our, our subreddit is just winner podcast like everything else. So, you know, reddit.com forward slash you forward slash winner podcast. Uh, you can find that in our show notes. And just feel free to post anything there that you would post in any other subreddit about PUBG. So we look forward to getting you in there and posting some cool stuff. So uh, let's talk about current events in PUBG, Robin. What's what's coming with the PC update number six? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> Honestly, my takeaway from it was, yeah, they changed some things about the crate system, which I could give a shit because I don't... I, I guess I buy them when I get credits, but... I like don't I don't really pay attention to what's available and I don't have like a dream character. It's I get it. It's cool. Uh I guess I just maybe I'm just uh jaded because I never get what I want. So I'm just like I'm not even going to pay attention. <laughs> but there were some updates about that to be specific. They added two new crates. One is paid, one is free. Looks like the new free one is the militia one, right? And mm. then that is actually a, a pretty likely one to get. It's got a 40% likelihood and it has a bunch of items that could be in there. And then there's some fever crate, which is paid. I've never bought a key for these things. So who cares? <laughs> and yeah, aside from the new crates thing, looks like they added some like friends only invite preference to the lobby. And you can invite players from their career screen. I don't really even understand what that first like friends one is, to be honest. Mm. Um, friends only invite preference, but mm-hmm. I guess that would mean since people can invite you from the career screen, people can only invite you from the career screen if you're their friend already, is what mm. I'm taking away from that. So you can't mm-hmm. invite just a random person if you select friends only invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be invited by random people. Le- oh, okay, so that's just like if you're receiving like unsolicited invites, if you're just that popular. Right, exactly. Yeah. I wonder, I haven't like heard of that, like spam invites by like random people, but I guess yeah. now it could happen. This is an interesting one. Like the only thing I really remembered about the gameplay from the notes was that they replaced some of the fences in Miramar to be unbreakable oh, fences. Oh, right. Or yeah. Walls. In order to optimize the client, which I just find mm-hmm. like hilarious, because yeah. it's like super frustrating when you hit a fence and it doesn't break. And totally. also, one of the um, other announcements in this update was that they're changing things to make them more like in depth and realistic. And this just goes like totally against that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. You know, Robin. <laughs> Maybe in real life, if you ram a picket fence with a Bronco going 100 kilometers per hour, it doesn't mm. it doesn't break, you know? Mm. Have you ever considered yeah, that, bro? We should, uh, do a Mythbusters yeah, episode yeah, on we that. Should, we should do a Mythbusters. <laughs> Just how big of a divot do you have to hit to have it stop your, your Jeep? Find out next week on the Winner Winner podcast. <laughs> Robin and Arjuna will both have whiplash. Yes. Other things they changed that is 
basically they changed um, some things about their airplane. Who cares? And then, actually, no, one of them's kind of cool. You can see on the bottom left when you're in the plane how many passengers are still in it. So it's kind of interesting. It's tricky because the longer you only see that if you're in the plane. And if you're in the plane, it's kind of like you can tell yourself whether or not you should have dropped like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like sitting in the plane and like waiting to see when people drop. And then there's like 10 seconds left in the airplane. And you're like, yep, there's still 95 people. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of a trade-off, you know, to to have the knowledge, you have to stay in the plane. You might just keep a mole. Like if you have a squad of four, keep one guy in the plane until the end. Everyone else jumps at a smart spot. (laughs) Just so, yeah, just so we can know. We got to know. Replays looks like this is mostly internal as far as I'm concerned, except um, it's impossible to report a replay file, which has been created longer than a week ago. Okay. I don't know when we'd want to do that anyway, really. Um, yeah. impossible to report the same player multiple times in the same replay file, which sucks because I know I would want to just like spam the, the report button in that case, but so it uh, goes. Brandon Green is too clever for you, Robin. <laughs> Bug fixes. There's looks like we won't be dying from vaulting and stuff as much. Okay. Da, da, da. That's good. So yeah, man. Well, oh. go ahead. I forgot to bitch about one more thing in the update. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Basically, the most exciting part of the um, update is kind of an announcement of an announcement where they're saying they're going to have a roadmap coming out in March. And, oh, man, what was the other thing? They said something like within the first half of 2018 that they were going to do. Oh, yeah, the new map. So basically, there's a new map coming, and oh, that's, that's actually right. pretty fucking exciting. Yeah, yeah, the snow yeah. map. They've they've previewed the snow map, so that's something. Yeah. Oh wait, previewed it? Is there like photos? Well, just just like yeah, they have like some. They look like screenshots. Maybe they're just like concept renders or something. Oh shit! But yeah, yeah. There's like a top-down map that you can see where they have it kind of the geography of it sketched out like you would see on an in-game map. And what? yeah, they have a few screenshots that are, you know, either the actual map or, or close approximations of it. So that's pretty exciting. Cool. So uh, yeah, I don't think they've unveiled what the name of it's going to be yet. But yeah, it's it looks it's another map. We're probably mm-hmm. going to criticize it when we play it. <laughs> <laughs> does it give you any any sense of how much snow cover there is or does it all look kind of white from above or um yeah i don't think they've colored the snow on the map but mm. i th- i think okay. yeah i i don't know but i think it's gonna be snowy okay. so yeah so that's the snow map it's gonna be out like by the end of the year they said so that's about 10 months we're gonna have to wait for that maybe nine oh, shit Oh man! So you just yeah you gotta gotta get used to Miramar man because that's gonna be seeing a lot of it. So okay so um, furthermore you know what they updated on the Xbox Robin? No, tell me. That's that's what they've done for you Xbox people. So um, there there it is. That's that's uh that's our next Xbox update. Straight from the horse's mouth. You know, 
That's why I'm going to start gaming. I'm going to start doing both the Xbox and the PC version just so I get updates more often, you know? Yeah, yeah, there you go. I need it. I need it. Hungry for that sweet, sweet download. Yeah, I know. It's um, definitely been rumblings around the internet. People kind of grumpy about the fact that the Xbox is just seems to be kind of crawling in its development. You know, there's been speculation as to maybe it's just that uh, Blue Hole is working on like a zillion video games right now. They've got Mm -hmm. like two new mobile games that are blowing up right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're working on a lot. And you know, they're writing a script for their next movie, which is, um, you know, Amazon Death Race. Wait, what? Back up. Dude, don't you remember from from last episode? Uh, No. It's oh, it's gonna be called it's it's gonna be called Amazon One Hundred. There's yeah. a move. Hold on, is this a joke? This is our joke, Robin. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm I follow you. I remember jokes we made. A week ago. <laughs> uh, Dude, I don't remember that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it, it must be a time zone thing. I don't know how I could forget something as important as, as that. As, as epic. There it goes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about our shotgun feature for this week. Okay. I've been excited to cover this because, I don't know, man, I'm just so, I have so many opinions about the shotguns in the game and spoiler, spoiler alert, mm. they are not all positive. Mm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to start. I actually, that's fine. Cause I have a lot of fun things to say about shotties. I'm okay. I'm more excited about them after having done some homework on them. Oh, rad. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're well, badass, man. Well, let me start off by saying that this week's feature, we are comparing the Pump Action S1897 versus the Double Barrel S686. And our poll in our Discord server was they were neck and neck the entire time. So for as oh. long as this poll has been running, it has always been like one vote separating the two. No way. But that's the, awesome. The winner of the poll, drum roll please. The winner of the poll is the double barrel. Yes. So, Good. Okay. Yep. So the double barrel won by a narrow margin of eight votes to seven. So mm. sorry, pump action supporters, you should have gotten out to vote. Yep. And um, he our journal means eight eight thousand to seven thousand. Because we I, have so ish. many listeners. Yeah. Exactly. I was being modest. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, the double barrel comes out ahead, and uh, I'm going to reserve my opinion on it until the end of the conversation. All right. All right. I think I, I, think I already revealed my opinion, but I didn't <laughs> even know I had a strong preference for the double barrel until you said that. But <laughs> um, So let's jump into the details of these guns. They're, the stats of them are pretty much identical in every way except for the reload and so um and and the time between shots um but so most of what we're going to talk about here is just kind of the the qualities of these shotguns um that both of them have and kind of how they work and so here's here's a, a little riddle for you oh you can see the notes but um when i was looking up the first thing i looked at was damage on the stats and was surprised to see that each one has a damage listed of 25 Mm. 
And Which I'm used to thinking really of Dottie as like a one hit kill. And yeah. I was like, how could that be? This seems wrong. I like looked up another source. It said 25 2. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And it turns out it's 25 per pellet. Wow, per okay. pellet. Okay. Yep. So, and yep. how many pellets do they shoot? That How many do you think they have? I mean, it looks like a lot, man. I would say like, let's start with 12, right? 12 gauge, 12 pellets. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Less than that. Less? Yeah. Oh, have, shit. Okay. Each, each um, one. You're going to guess again? Yeah, I'm going to guess again. Um, seven. More than that? Really? Okay. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a universe of options. Nine. Of it. It's nine. nine. Okay. Wow. Nine pellets. Okay. And so, the, and is that's both both guns shoot the same number of pellets? Yeah, I guess exactly. So. Okay. Yep. Same number. S twelve as well. Exactly. S twelve. I mean, it should be because it's the same ammo. Man. But All I right. do know that it. So the damage is twenty five. Yeah. For the double barrel and the pump. And yeah. I know that the S12 does 22 damage per pellet. Oh, okay. damn, son. So it you kind lose. of, you know, it's a bit important. Mm -hmm. If you're shooting at someone without armor, it only you have to land four of those pellets mm -hmm. for a double barrel or, or the pump. And okay. if it's with the S12K, it's you five. have to land five of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they have no armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good um, to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... I want to go over how much damage these guns do if you land all nine pellets on somebody at the different armor levels. Mm, so okay. if you so nine times uh, twenty five is two hundred and twenty five. So that's how much damage you do to somebody if they have no armor and you hit them with all the pellets is two twenty five, okay. and that's hit them in the chest. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they have level one armor and you hit all pellets on their vest it's 157.5 damage if they have level two you do 135 damage and if they have level three you do 101.25 damage just so squeak in there kill. Yeah. yep so yeah. you have to, you got to get all those pellets but you can one shot someone with level fresh level three armor with a shotgun wow badass yep and i think that's like the only gun in the game that can do that, right? Like, even if someone has full health in a level three vest and they take one hit from an AWM, that will not kill them. Damn good point. So that's a good thing to note is that I think provided every pellet hits, these shotguns do the most damage of any gun in the game. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's not necessarily per second, but just per individual shot, they do. Yeah. So right. that's impressive. I'm looking at this chart that you drew up here, and when you do the math on the damage from the shotguns, it takes four pellets to hit to to kill an unarmored opponent. Right. And then with level one armor, it takes six pellets to kill them. With level two armor, it takes seven pellets to kill them. And with level three armor, it takes nine pellets. Yeah, so, and these are, yeah, chest shots chest shots mm -hmm. exactly so right. i i liked that's another way of thinking about it instead of thinking about total damage um i just that that helps me visualize like how accurate i have to be to to take someone down right so i like that a lot so now now that we have a sense of their damage and let's talk about like just some basics about the spread 
So the spread is different for each one. I actually didn't see this before. Guess which one has a narrower spread? Which one has a narrower spread? I'm going to have to say it's the double barrel. You got it. All right. But only by a 10%. Oh, okay. But makes a big, it actually makes quite a bit of difference. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to get into why um, in a moment when we talk about the choke, because the choke modifies the spread as well. Right. And so okay. the spread modifier for the double barrel is five, and the spread modifier for the pump action is 5.5. So mm. just like I said, 10% more spread. Yeah. And my interpretation, maybe I'm, I want to know if you think of it the same way, is spread is basically radius. So let's say wherever you're pointing your cursor, it's just, it's a point in space, and we're going to give it like coordinates of zero, zero. And then any spread away from that is, it's just, a, it's a radius from that point, right? Mm. As opposed to say, like a widening of the area, which is there's because we're quantifying something here. We're saying 5.5 or let's say with the choke, we're saying it's like a 16. Uh, it's like some percentage reduction. Let's just say 20% for now. Mm. So is that a reduction in, in your interpretation? Would that be in the radius or would that be in the area? Hmm. Does that question yeah. make sense? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, radius and area are related though, aren't they? But not in a linear way. Mm. Mm-hmm. But so here's here's another way to think about it is um, it, let's not think of it in terms of shotgun. Let's think in terms of a pistol. So if you just shoot seven bullets from the forty-five, mm. uh, there's going to be a grouping. Yes, that's right. There's going to be a maximum distance that one of those bullets can fall from the cursor based on its spread. Right. Right. That makes and sense. So, Yep, and the maximum distance is... I think that's what that number is. Okay. Let's say it's a modifier of like 5%, -hmm. something like that. That means it can go 5% away from wherever you aimed it. And Mm -hmm. that's a... It's it's, it's a distance from where you're pointing, right? And the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm... There's some math I'm going to do here in a second to break down exactly what it means when we we talk about a, a reduction in that distance from where you're pointing to where a bullet can land mm. and why it's actually more significant than we think based on the number. Okay. I'm just going to jump into that now. So the choke does, it decreases the spread in both weapons by 18.2%. Okay. Wow, which so is let's take, pretty substantial. There's like a base modify, a base spread for each one that we just went over, which was uh, five and 5.5 for double barrel and pump action respectively. And so what that distance is, we don't know. I don't really know exactly, but Mm. it's some like angle in the game that the developers know, Mm. right? Yeah. It could be maybe, we'll just say 5%, who knows? It Mm -hmm. could be like a 5% kind of cone coming out of the gun. Yeah, that makes sense. And then if you do an 18.2% reduction in the radius it it basically shrinks the size of that circle and what really matters about that circle is the area of it and the area that those bullets are landing in because if let's just take a a circle that has a radius of two units and then if you bring that down to a radius of one unit it's not 
you're not having mm. the area. It's not linear, right? Right. Right. That's it's a good like point. one sixth of the area or something crazy. Like it's a lot smaller. That's a really good point. I did the math on uh, if we say that the the normal area of the shotgun blast is has an area a radius of one, and we figure out the area of that. The area is pi r squared, right? So pi times one, which is our radius, uh, squared is just pi. So our area for a normal shotgun blast is three point one four. Um, we'll just say meters squared. Um, if you add a choke to it, our radius goes down to, instead of one meter, we're going to go down to 0.818. So if you have a slight reduction, it's not even 20% reduction in your radius, and you do pi times 0.818 squared, you get an area of 2.1 versus 3.14. So that's Wow, that's, a like, a, big, that's like a 30%. Exactly. 30% reduction. Or another way to think of it is the spread of a non-choked shoddy is 50% more area. Right, right. And so it's kind of a funny thing. I remember even now, a lot of um, shotgun battles are kind of close quarters and frenetic. And if someone's moving close to you, it's hard to keep them on target. And so I kind of like a bigger spread sometimes mm, <laughs> just because yeah. I don't always have confidence in my aim. Yeah. And we've all seen videos of this probably where there's a, a battle in a room, two people dancing around each other and people will continue. Like this happens all the time. People will miss like all five of their shots. Yeah. It's so with embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll even get to reload and like miss a whole other volley of of shots. Yeah, <laughs> these are like which, my favorite clips. At which point in the game, when that when you do that in the game, you should just drop dead from shame. Like mm. it should just like if you shoot, <laughs> if you like shoot an entire like your entire load on the pump action and then reload it and then shoot another entire load and none of those shots land, you should just lose the game on the spot. I would just like just start stripping and just crouch and look at the floor and ex- yeah. accept your <laughs> accept <fate>. your punishment. <laughs> yeah, we've all. I mean, I've I've done pretty similar things. Yeah. I haven't done two full volleys, but I've definitely missed some pretty like obvious close shots with the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. So the choke is awesome, and it helps a lot at the mid range when you Mm -hmm. want to use that shotgun. Mm -hmm. Well, and I just want to make the point here that because the firing pattern of the shotgun is relatively randomized, the further away that someone is, the less there is a guarantee that any particular number of your pellets are going to hit the Mm. person, right? And that's just because the pellets could be concentrated to the left or to the right or up or down or maybe in the middle. So... yeah. It, you know, as as helpful as it is to know this stuff, it's also just good to remember that you actually don't have the finest control over it. And yep. so there's that, that said, yeah, go ahead. I I would I have landed some pretty like I'd say a hundred meters. I've been able to kill people with the shotgun. A hundred um, meters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's further than I've managed to. Yeah, it's it was definitely I will say it was super surprising 
that I hit them and that I killed them. Yeah. And granted, they were in a firefight. They had just finished a firefight. So there's actually the one video we've put out so far has has these clips in it. You'd have to search through it. It's like 40 minutes of video. But um, long story short, Alex is fighting someone on the at the military base, and I'm hanging out in a bush by the barracks, and I get I kill the guy on the scaffolding fighting Alex. Wow, barracks to scaffolding. I landed shots on him from two different blasts. It was with the double barrel. So I shot once and I saw some blood spray and then he downed Alex and then I shot again and he died. Wow. From the barracks. It was... So he was probably already at reduced health when you started firing at him, but that is still impressive. But And, and think about it. Each one of those, if, if it's early game and he doesn't have armor, mm. each one of those pellets does... 25 damage maybe a little bit less because we know that the damage of bullets yeah, is reduced over reduced. distance yeah yeah but you know we're looking anywhere from 20 to 25 damage at that range um and since we're talking about range um the bullet speed of these is somewhere in the 300 like upper 300 let me take a look here again so for double barrel it's 370 and for pump action it's uh, 360. You know, pretty low. ARs are like 900 around yeah. their own thing. And yeah. so this makes sense. If you've ever been hunting with a shotgun, you know, you have to lead your target pretty good. And they're just, you know, small, non-aerodynamic pellets that are going through the air. So there's going to be some drop on them too, but if you're calculating drop with a shotgun, probably just switch to your pistol. <laughs> 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 yeah, at that point. Now, um, I found it a little interesting. I thought that the body impact power would be higher on these shotguns, but it turns oh, out... Oh, total, yeah. Yeah, it turns out that they're only 5,000. So that surprises yep. me a little bit. That means that if someone hits you with a shotgun, it's actually going to have a lower body impact power than, say, like a, um, like a SCAR bullet or an AK bullet. Actually, it's lower than every other gun in the game including pistols except for the m4 the m4 is the only gun that has a lower body <laughs> the lowest impact, impact in the game <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but you know the caveat here is i wonder if this is per pellet mm. and if that the That's body true. hit impact power multiplies so in mm-hmm. that case that would be pretty devastating actually Actually, well, yeah. you're right, because all of these other things yeah. are calculated that way. So, Well, the damage. Yeah. What else? I mean, it would make sense to list that per pellet. Mm-hmm. It would. So maybe yeah. we should, you know, cover this as being, like, pretty much the highest body hit impact power. Yeah. it's So 5,000 per pellet, if you hit them with all pellets, I mean, they're dead, so it wouldn't matter. Right. right. But it'd be 45,000. Which yeah, I think which would the, technically be the highest the in the arm. game. Yeah, the arm is forty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, that that makes more sense because you know when they talk about shotguns in real life, like stopping power is one of the it's one of the big pluses of the weapon. So that that makes more sense. So I, so okay, reverse wah wah. Um, this is actually <laughs> this West weapons a downer, people. Both of them, total downer. Um, <laughs> Okay, now let's talk about some fire rate stats here. 
So mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. the double barrel. One of the benefits of the double barrel is that you can fire its two shots in rapid succession. So right. do we have a number on that? We do. It's point yeah, yeah. two seconds. Wow. Okay. Yep. And then the pump action. You want to guess? I want to say it's point eight seconds. You're super close. Yeah, 0.75. Okay, sweet. So three quarters of a second to fire one of those. Yep. So if you fire all of those shots in the... It takes, what, I think 3.75 seconds or something. Shit, I'm going to mess up my math again. No, no, 4.25. Fuck. No, wait. No, it's 3.75. That's right, that's right. Someone get this man a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) So, that, you know, everyone, you, you kind of just know intuitively when you're shooting these guns. Like with the, it's very different. With the pump action, it's like shot, you shoot, hopefully you're by cover and you might like strafe to cover, dodge back out, shoot, dodge back out, shoot. And, or I've, I think I was watching Foglet do this the other day. He would shoot, like kind of steady shoot, and then like crouch and like move around a little just just really briefly, right? We're talking like only for that 0.75 seconds. Yeah. Just to move a little so they can't target him. And then, you know, he lines up his target again and shoots and, you know, just, you know, jump around, be squirrely in between those shots. It's really right. the name of the game. And then you don't have to reload for five shots. With the double barrel, it's like super easy to blow your load with those two quick succession shots. And if you miss, you're... You know, you have to yeah. do the full reload animation. Yeah, if you don't have another weapon, you're basically dead at that point. Yep. I, and I love that trade-off between these two guns. Right. Where you can do the kind of slow, like, blast every 0.75 seconds and and try to land those. Uh, or you can do that really fast takedown with a double barrel, but you have to land those shots. So, And I've got to say... That's one of the things that makes the double barrel such a ferocious weapon is that you can just, you can drop anyone who's not like at really far mid range or long range. You can drop anyone with it if you land those two shots, like with any armor. Um, And it's just, it's just so satisfying when you do that. You just like tap, tap, and they're just done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely, if you're confident in your aim, and if you're someone with fast reflexes, then the double barrel can just be devastating. Yeah. However, and I've heard some people say this actually, I've heard some people say that they prefer the pump action when they're playing duos or squads because it's, it gives you a greater opportunity to do more damage over time. And I thought that was a really interesting point because let's say you're up against like two or three people at once, then being able to drop one of them immediately might be a benefit. But let's say that your teammate is also spraying somebody and then you're like punctuating with your pump action. You might actually be able to down more people over time using the pump action. So that's mm-hmm. just uh, that's a part of the calculus. What do you think about that, Robin? I think if you're... And and we've seen videos of this, or I have anyway, where someone's against a squad and with the pump action, they're able to take down more people, right? Exactly. Because you can let out those five shots uh, without reloading. Right. So one-on-one, double barrel, maybe squads, maybe for squads, the, the pump action is the way to go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can like, clear a whole house. 
with it. Right. So yeah, that's just a good thing to think about uh, when you're going through the world. Is and this is always a good thing to think about in general when you pick up a weapon. How am I going to use it? How is it going to、mm-hmm. be effective? What are its benefits and its drawbacks? So I think they've done a really good job in this game of making this tension between these two weapons and making them different enough、uh, and yet so balanced that、um, you you know depending on your playstyle or, or the, what you need them for, you're going to choose one or the other. So I think they've done a really good job. I'm impressed.、Mm-hmm. One more bullet. The bullet loops is one thing we haven't talked about for attachments.、So、yeah, that's right. It's thirty percent reduction in reload time. That's awesome. Yeah, grab it. Definitely a choke and a bullet loops for either of these is it's a good gun. Yeah.、Um, for some reason, I think there's a for me anyway. I notice I have this attitude that they're like kind of unsophisticated and like like I think of them as early game weapons somehow.、Right. Somehow, but it's not. I don't know. I'm trying to break that because I see the value in them, and you know, an AR you can use at like 25 feet anyway, really well, right? And I think once you get less than 25 feet away or about eight meters, then we can start talking about it makes more sense to have that shotgun out.、Um, yeah. So. Yeah, but it all depends. It depends on whether you're like a, if you like tapping, you know, if you find your target quickly and you like tapping people versus spraying. Because、mm-hmm. I know that for me, sometimes I prefer weapons that spray, just because it gives me a little more leeway to find my target、mm-hmm. if my first bullets don't hit them.、Mm-hmm. But、yeah. some some people just really like to line up their shot and just take it. So yeah, it really does depend on your playstyle. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I think it's slightly harder to aim with the shotty because we don't typically aim down sight. That's true. With them, and so you have this kind of the the target is smaller because you're not. Doing this aim down sight kind of zoom in, they take up a smaller portion of the screen, right? And it's just a little more twitchy. The zoomed out aim mode, the, the kind of hip fire,、mm. and so I think it does. It takes a little practice to really be able to line those shots up.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can still ADS with the shotgun, you know, if you prefer that. Yeah, it's just not a good ADS, right? <laughs> it's you, true. Just kind of looking over the top of a barrel. Yeah. It's you don't really get any benefit for the ADS, but you do get the drawbacks of ADS, which is slow movement and a gun taking up most of your screen. So, yeah,、mm-hmm. it's true. So it's it's kind of fun to think about because it's we don't think of it as a headshot gun, but it's pellet per pellet that the damage is calculated by,、mm. and so it really makes sense to aim high. I、mm. wouldn't say aim straight at the head. But I think aiming at the neck、yeah. or upper chest、yeah. makes a lot of sense because then most of that spread's going to hit them up in the chest, and then a couple of them will stray up to the head. Maybe, hopefully,、yeah. kind of depends. Well, and because you have a spray, it makes that headshot more forgiving. So, like, if you do, if you were to actually aim for the head, you have a better chance of hitting them in the head than with most other weapons,、um, especially if they're close, right? If they're close range. Yeah, good point. So actually, it's kind of tricky because at at close range, you might as well aim for the body because、mm, it's that's bigger. That's true. Yeah, and you're going to kill it anyway. anyway. Yeah, that's but I but I think at, like twenty feet or maybe not twenty, maybe thirty, thirty to sixty feet.、Mm. I would say aim upper chest,、mm-hmm. upper chest at slash neck, and hope that some of those pellets hit the head 
it seems to me to be worth the trade-off. Like that mm. extra spread at that distance, some of those bullets will probably stray up above their shoulders, maybe even above their head. But increasing that likelihood of of getting that damage multiplier on the mm. head um, seems worth it to me. Yeah. So the takeaways here are, if you are planning to need more than two shots, then clearly you're probably going to want to use the pump action. If you are in a situation where you feel confident that only you'll need up to two shots, then the double barrel, I think, is the clear winner here because of its high rate of fire. And mm-hmm. personally, I, I like the little extra range, the little decrease in spread that you get from the double right. barrel. So, Which I definitely have noticed. And I don't know yes. if it's just like it looks like a sleeker, longer gun. I just assume, have assumed it, but it's cool to know that it actually is a slightly smaller spread. Well, and I just anecdotally, I noticed this pretty early on in the game that I felt I felt like the double barrel was a more accurate gun. And I did feel mm-hmm. like I was getting more damage over range than with the pump action. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. I was vindicated to learn that the, the numbers actually support that. And so I think it's time in the episode where I'm going to announce my preference, which, and I couldn't agree more with Robin that I prefer the double barrel for most situations. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, more than anything else, it's just kind of this gut feeling where like, I find that wherever I point the double barrel and shoot, it just feels really reliable to me that the pellets are going to end up there. Totally. And I feel like with the pump action and actually with any of the other shotguns, I feel like I don't have that same assurance. Yep. And for me, the difference feels steeper than just that little modifier that the numbers suggest. But um, but that's just anecdotal. So yeah, if I'm if I have a choice between any kind of shotgun at the moment, I'm reaching for the double barrel. Yeah, I'm actually in agreement. So all right, resounding approval. I think that's going to conclude our shotgun segment, and I'm excited to get on to our location highlight, which is the water town, or the sunken city, or Venice. I Venice Venice cracked me up, man. I'd never heard that until I was playing with one of our Discord members who told me about it. I call it sunken city. Yeah, okay. I think I got that from you then. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got it. I definitely didn't make it up. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this place. What is cool about this location? Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that recommend this as a drop spot. Yeah, I, like, I love this spot. Yeah. Okay, so why, why do you love it, Robin? Tell us about it. It's central. I love central. I hate mm. having to travel. Mm. Um, like, mm-hmm. you, you pretty much... I, it's, you almost never have to travel to get to the first circle Yeah. when you drop in Watertown. So it, it gives you that extra time to just kind of loot everything there. And then by the time you're done looting it, you usually, actually that's not really true. I was gonna say you usually know where the second circle is by the time you're done, but you usually don't. Uh, But you do know where the center of the first circle is, right? Yeah. So you can kind of make decisions um, based on that. Like, well, you know, we wanna like move into the circle or skirt the edge of the first circle. And um, having that ability is is awesome um is is kind of the first of first reason for me um how about you yeah i love the centrality as well 
And another thing I love about it is that it's it's one of these magical spots which where you can drop central, but the, it's not too hot. And mm-hmm. yep, that's yep. one of my favorite things about this place is that I very occasionally have I ever seen it have more than a couple of people dropping here. Or usually right. if you're in squads, you'll usually have max one other squad that's showing right. up to this place. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a perfect middle ground because I, I actually am really disappointed if I drop somewhere and nobody else drops there. I'm like, oh. Me too. <laughs> Me <laughs> like, too. Nobody? I've reached that point in my game where it's just boring when that happens. Right, right, right. I know. I'm going to be looting for five or ten minutes now. In, in singles and solos, there's always going to be like yeah. one or two or three or four other people. Right, right. Perfect to get a little bit of action at the beginning and get all the loot too. Yeah, exactly. I think there was a time when we were like our our squad that we play with a lot. We dropped there for like a week straight. It felt like yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, we really got to know it. So yep. yeah, the the position of it on the map is just so key. A uh, few things to know about this are that. It's it's underwater and uh, a lot of it is underwater and that's because it's right next to a river that that runs through the mm-hmm. kind of mid to northern part of the map. And so the cool thing about this place is that you can actually get boat spawns from here and you can go west or east on that little river which gives you some interesting options. Mhm. And it's got a road running just to the north of it uh, crossing a bridge. And so this is a, a cool thing. You can usually find a vehicle either in that road or just across the street. There's a compound which has a garage that um, has a vehicle spawn in it. Right. Now, and that's not a lot of car spawns. There's only two. And so it definitely has happened where we don't end up with yeah. a vehicle. Yeah, uh, that's true. Which isn't, it's not that bad because there's, no. you're on a road. So you can walk east on the road toward Razak or you, is, that's not Yasnaya, Georgia Pool. No. Yeah. Um, well, east, east is it. yeah, east is Razak and west is Georgia Paul. So um, yeah, it's I just find it to be a it's a very interesting nexus. I feel like whenever I drop Watertown, there's almost always people around me, like driving vehicles or the squads coming from Razak. Or there just seems to be always something interesting happening in this part of the map. So it's just a great it's a great way to like not be overwhelmed at the beginning of the game, but to have an interesting game right from the beginning. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite things about it. Now, it also has like a, a bunch of really interesting tactical implications. So, uh, for example, on the eastern side of the town, there is like a huge sniper tower. And it's like, it's one of the few like really truly tall sniper towers in the game that you can climb. So this mm-hmm. can be a really interesting place on the map to control. You can snipe down on people at the edge of Razak. You can snipe down into the massive field, which is to your east. And yeah, it's just like a cool, it's a cool spot to be able to snipe from. Although admittedly, I don't actually spend that much time up there. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. yeah it's. I kind of wish I spent more time. It's just... You know, it's all that time to run up the stairs, and yeah, the stairs is not that much. Time, but yeah, um, it's just a lot of other stuff. To I don't do. know. It's like 
it's in an, an early game you pretty much never have like two snipers in a squad with scopes right so it's not right. like super worth it to like go up there with an ar yeah with like a red dot you know so <laughs> i guess yeah. i think of sniper towers as like mid to late game stuff where you mm-hmm. have the equipment to make it worth it mm-hmm. and you know at that point they're hardly ever in the circle but right yeah but if should you end up with like an M16, a four time scope, and a and an assault rifle suppressor, it can be a fun place to go up and just have some fun. I mm-hmm. uh, definitely mm-hmm. I remember at least one game where I had that configuration, and I was playing duos with you, Robin, and I just I spent like two minutes trolling this other duo, and I don't think there was a single moment <laughs> in that encounter where they knew where I was. So. That was just, and it took me that long to kill them, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, for me, I'd, I like having a sniper up there, Mm -hmm. Um, but even that I've done like maybe a handful of times. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. Other things to think about when you're looting this place, um, there, there are a number of houses to the East, which are like up on land, like a little cluster of two two-story houses and then there's a garage standard garage building and then to the south of the town there's another cluster of three houses um mm-hmm. and then on the west side of town it's it's basically actually like the main water is right in the middle of the town and on on right. each ordinal direction side of town there are a few houses that aren't really submerged in water so yeah one thing to know about the water is just that it slows you down, clearly. And it's also a bad place to get knocked out in because you drown. So if you're fighting in the water town, it's a good idea to stay out of the water. Definitely. And, um, yeah. that's, that's just a good thing to remember. Mm-hmm. It, I wish they would let you swim in the water to, like, sneak, yeah. you know? Yeah, that would be or cool. Or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you go prone, you can, like, swim. But yeah, anyway. it's kind of like the perfectly wrong depth of water. So it's just a total disadvantage, yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Can you even go prone in it? Or not prone, um, crouch? Yeah, you, I, you, I think you can crouch in it, but it won't let you prone. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you can't even crouch. I actually don't remember. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it, when I first, the first couple of times I went here, I hated it because I didn't know how to get around and I would end up in the water and I would walk, try to walk around and you just feel really like vulnerable and you're slow and you're like making a bunch of noise cause you're walking through water and <laughs> it's yeah. like, it just kind of sucked. But now that I know the map and, and know the town, I know kind of like how to get around quickly, how to use the walkways, how to get around on the roofs and uh, it makes a big difference. So if you're still in the boat, boat, um, <laughs> not a big kind of um, not into this place because of that, just drop there a few times and get used to it and kind of get your loot path down. Mm. Uh, and you'll, I think you'll find that it's worth it once you get used to it. Mm. It can be daunting. And I remember that feeling of dropping there and being like, whoa, there's all these walkways, there's all these angles, there's all these yeah. buildings I like can't go into because they're full of crap. 
And mm -hmm. it is, de it's, it can be disorienting. And I totally agree with you, Rob. And if you just stick it out and you check it out, you'll learn, you'll kind of learn the ins and outs of the place. And it actually ends up being a very fun place to fight. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. take some time. And speaking of loot runs, uh, this is one of Fuglet's favorite drop spots. And so he released a video not too long ago, which was like a Watertown loot guide. So uh -huh. that's a really cool video to check out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Definitely watch that and you'll learn more it's about actually, this place. It's his only like loot guide yeah, so far. so far. So that tells you how much mm -hmm. he likes the place. Mm -hmm. And also that is a little trickier to loot. Like, it, it is. It does kind of make sense to have. Uh, yeah. You have to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Don't, for don't forget to jump through the windows and the buildings that don't have accessible doors. There's loot. And a lot of the buildings in the center yeah. that you can't walk through a door, but you, you can jump through the windows and definitely worth doing. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, one tip is that um, if you're looting buildings that have water on the ground, it can be really hard to see the loot. And so a good thing to do is to do, do more looting with your inventory open. Mm. And yep. so stuff will populate and you'll just have an easier time finding things. Point. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You you can hardly see it. You have to like get the right the just the right angle to see it yeah, through the water. So exactly, I just open the door, walk in a few feet, and then open my inventory and see what's there. Yeah, and kind of like strafe around a little bit. Just make sure you're kind of like within the loot lootable area of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So, what's your favorite place to land, Watertown, Robin? Oh, I like always, always, always land right on right in the middle on the big square roofed building. It's like yeah. a big flat white square roof. It's mm -hmm. offset slightly southwest. And there's usually, there's about four little uh, loot spawn points up on the roof. And it's a pretty popular drop at that town because it's just kind of like this obvious landing pad. But I like, I have pretty much always come out on top there. A lot of people like to drop on the garage up to like the mm -hmm. kind of northern end mm -hmm. of the sunken like city. Northeast, yeah. Yeah, and you if you land on the square roof, you have high ground on them. I pretty much always get a pistol or a shotgun or like some other gun. Yeah. And just to the south of that is another kind of smaller rectangular roof that's slightly lower. That's easy to access from the higher one. And there's usually good loot like in that building and on the roof. So how about you? Yeah, that's one of my favorite spots to land as well. And... So I would definitely recommend just, just try that out, get used to landing there and see how you feel. Uh, another place that I like, if it's really hot, I often like to land at the three houses on the shore south. And it's just like mm. a, it's a slightly less popular drop point and it's not a very vulnerable drop point. Like you're usually mm. not surrounded there. You can usually control space a lot more easily. So yeah. if you're feeling a little conflict avoidant, uh, that's a good place to drop. Mm -hmm. And then if you're feeling like, I would say, especially in solos or duos, it can actually sometimes be nice to drop on the north side by the road because if it turns out to be hotter than you wanted, sometimes you can just grab a vehicle and get out of there. So yeah, that's, but yeah, if I'm landing, if I'm playing squads, I typically like to just shoot for the middle and land on those big roofs and really try to control yeah. the town. Definitely. Because, yeah, you can see pretty much everything from up there. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of options. If if there's a lot of shit going down and you want to hide, you can go 
if they're up north, you can go south. If they're south, you can go north. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Another thing to note about this place is that I've not discovered that the loot is better in any of the buildings. Like, I think it's pretty much the mm. same loot wherever you go. So I wouldn't really factor that into your decisions. Yeah. One, I do have a suspicion that the buildings that don't have doors, the ones you have to jump through the windows, have slightly better loot. Mm, okay. But, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They make you work for and it. It might just be like a subconscious bias on my part but yeah. i do suspect that um yeah and i feel like i've been affirmed with that but it's probably just like you know my own perception of what's going on but right that's my my take my, my perception of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i found like dp28 and like good meds things like that in there yeah yeah that's good to know all right well that covers the water town and yep. definitely, if you don't know it, I recommend you check it out. Okay, main feature. Main feature. Woo woo. This is our, our kind of crowdsourced tips from you guys and our all of our listeners. And so definitely kind of run the gamut in terms of kind of some more like obvious tips for people who are newer to the game and are still figuring things out to some more nuanced stuff. So... Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. And I just wanted to say I'm so grateful to all of you guys who submitted this stuff. It's definitely, yeah, yeah it's, you know, Robin was saying earlier that it's easy to have a perception sometimes uh, when you're listening to a podcast and they ask for user input. It's easy to think like, oh, there's going to be hundreds and all kinds of people are going to do it. Mm. And really, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, every every email counts and every yeah. comment yeah. counts. So yeah. just, uh, yeah, if to all of you people who took the time to do this, really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. And don't be shy. Don't be self-conscious. Um, you know, we're pretty humble dudes when we're not arrogant assholes. And um, <laughs> Love that. <but. laughs> Tautological <laughs> statement there. Cool. Well, uh, so let's get right into it, Robin. So our first tip is from Chad. And this is a classic PUBG tip. Pick up the pan. And if you don't know, the pan is totally impermeable to bullets. And, you know, some people call it level four armor. Which <laughs> yeah. Awesome term. Love that. Of course, it only, draw, it only protects this kind of small area around your butt. But you would think that it would only block um, bullets from straight behind you. But I swear to God, like... This thing is blocked bullets from people shooting at me from like almost right in front of me sometimes. Wow. Where I, I don't know how that works, but I think the pan is slightly bigger than it appears. <laughs> there you go. Somehow. Yeah. You've got this like magical ability to wrap around your body at opportune times. So um, maybe not, but I, I definitely, it's, it's block shots like from the side. Mm-hmm. Um, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, pro tip, the pan blocks bullets wherever it is. So if you're holding it and someone is shooting at you, it'll block bullets. So that's you can pretty also, sweet. You can bat grenades out of the air with it. Yes. True tip. Have you ever done um, this? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither have I. But, like, I've seen people do it with a, like, they're, like, you know, they're on the same squad and they'll like pitch 
grenades to each other and try to whack them out of the air and it's pretty damn hard to pull off but yeah. you know it'd be the like ultimate um kill is to like bat someone's grenade back at them yeah and get them with their own grenade yeah. i don't think there's a more satisfying kill in the game i really don't mm-hmm. yeah but you know it is a that extra confidence of if you're gonna try to melee someone and you're running at them with the pan it's a there's a decent chance that as you're running at them and you're holding that pan out in front of you that you're gonna block their shot now i think if you sprint of course your arm kind of goes behind you mm. and so it kind of makes sense just to like walk towards them mm. <laughs> with that pan kind of facing at them um i've seen people land full shotgun blast like two of them in a row on a pan as someone's walking towards them <laughs> and then get panned oh them. no <laughs> Oh, I'd feel salty about that. That's the ultimate the salt. Best. Yeah. It is the best. Yeah. All right. So that's tip number one, pan. Yep. Use it. Yep. Agreed. Pan's great. And Chad ends his comment by saying, got a pan, game over, guys, which is how we feel about it. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's ladder this. So I'll do number two. So Jacob recommends, he says, do drop near your team in squads and duos. And... This sounds obvious, but I just can't tell you the number of times people don't do it. And you can pretty much guess where this story ends, is that the further away you (laughs) land from your squad, the more likely you are to get isolated and killed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not really much more I want to say about that. Um, Just be strategic. Pick land far houses next to each other or... If one of Mm -hmm. you is going to land on a roof, maybe have another one of you land on the roof. Do two on the roof and two on the floor. And just talk about it on your, you know, usually the way it goes is you're jumping out of the plane. People as a squad, you're kind of like, where should we drop? Okay. And then you choose. And then sometimes we're really specific about what buildings we're going to drop on. And other times it's like, eh, we're just dropping in Yasnaya. It's like, well, it doesn't really narrow it down. So, (laughs) you know, communicating communicating on the way down um usually i'll try to buddy up so it's like hey yeah. who wants to drop with me buddy like yellow is good try to get the other two people to drop together so at least you're you've got two people together yep love it and jacob wrote a bunch and another one that i liked was don't trust that bush which i think is just <laughs> solid life advice <laughs> so there you go definitely you know be cautious and precautionary use all of your protections exactly Le- level three vest yep and level four armor <laughs> <laughs> over your ass you know so point number three is by captain grizz and it's get a headset and we strongly agree with this point totally. uh, sound is just so much about determining where shots are coming from Um, And there's really no other indicator, good indicator, of the directionality of of where the source of bullets is. In other games, you often have this kind of hit indicator. Mm, Like if you get shot, like in Rainbow Six, for example, if you get shot from behind, there's this kind of circle around your crosshair, and it'll like glow some color, red or white or something, um, on the 6 o'clock position, like right at the bottom. Um, And that'll it'll mark and correlate relative to your position uh, where those shots are coming from. And so in PUBG, definitely we don't have that. And so 
pinpoint where a sound is coming from and kind of triangulate with that stereo sound in your headset is absolutely essential. Totally key. Um, I mm-hmm. would say if you, if there was one single piece of advice I would give someone like to to get better at this game if they weren't previously doing it, it would be having a headset. Mm-hmm. So now, if you're yeah. like a social gamer and you like to have the sound played out through the speakers, let's say you're playing with friends or something like that, you can just fork your audio. It's not often that I have spectators like in my room, but it's definitely more interesting to watch when you can hear. So I'd recommend getting a splitter if you like doing that kind of thing. And then you still have your audio in your headset. So yeah, great tip. All right. So moving on to number four, this one comes to us from the basic bro. And he's a streamer. He just recently joined our Discord channel. So look for him in our Streaming Now channel if you want to see some good Xbox streaming. So he sent in some Xbox performance tips, and he has like a vanilla Xbox One. And he was saying that it can be tempting to want to upgrade your Xbox to get better performance, but he's actually found that a number applying a number of these tips I'm about to share actually helps him significantly enhance his performance uh, more so than he would have by just like buying an Xbox One X or something. So here are his tips. He says the first one is turn off broadcasting. So mm. as much as it can be tempting to want to record your sweet plays, and that is fun. Uh, if it's a choice between like being able to play the game versus not, then I would turn off the broadcasting. So mm-hmm. that's the first tip. His second tip, which I thought was really interesting and I didn't think about, was he said, buy a solid state external drive and make sure that it is at least 256 gigabytes large or your Xbox will only recognize it as a media storage device and it will not be able to store games. So what you want to do is you want to buy an SSD that's that's 256 gigabytes or larger, and you want to install your PUBG on it. And you want it to be USB 3.0 capable, and you can do this. You can actually buy a complete external drive, or you can buy an enclosure. But he said that you will actually see improvements of at least 50 to 60% in terms of your load times, and and for a map this big, load time is really significant. Um, so he's saying that you'll, there are actually times when some an object will be loading while you're running through it on the Xbox, and you'll get stuck in a table. Or he said you might even get stuck in the second story of the burning military base building. Mm-hmm. So this is so I haven't played enough on the Xbox to have had this experience, but this it's is like such a punishing move. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal, dude. (laughs) Just like basically stuck in purgatory. Yeah. So, yeah. So having that external SSD will apparently make a massive difference. So that's a really cool tip. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then another one that he recommends is if you've been running on wireless, you can actually use Powerline Ethernet to get a, a solid Ethernet connection to your Xbox wherever you are in your house. Yeah, and I've actually used one of those before, and they're really good. Wait, what do you mean power? Isn't that you? Do you just mean Ethernet or no? There's actually you can you can get um, Ethernet over power line. So like you you have a jack that plugs. It's like a power outlet plug, and you plug your Ethernet into it, and then you plug another one somewhere else in the house, and the Ethernet passes through, which is pretty amazing. Okay. 
So I, I, I always just do the Ethernet cable. Yeah, you can always just run like a 50 foot long cable. Yeah, I've and we do that in our house. Me and Arjuna live together. And like I it was one of the first things I did when I moved into that house was I bought 100 feet of Ethernet and ran it up to my room so that I could game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, wireless is just not a good connection. No. Um, unless you're in the same room as your router, and you have fast internet, it's pretty much, you're going to end up being frustrated by it. And so save yourself the frustration, get an ethernet cable or use that power line ethernet. It's to me, it's like 101 yeah. gaming. Yes, yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, I used to play Magic Online, which is like a turn-based card strategy game. And mm-hmm. even that, like wireless was not good enough for that game. So <laughs> to, to give you an idea of how crucial it is. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And you know, most, I mean, we're the same. We use the Wi-Fi router provided by our ethernet or our cable, cable company. And it's probably, it's just a piece of shit. And yeah, it's not it's, good. I, I'm literally like as the crow flies 20 feet from the router, you know, through a ceiling and a wall and it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, don't waste your time with that for sure. Wire it up. Yep. You'll never, you won't regret it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. Point number five is this is, is it from the Basic Pro? Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this one's also from the Basic Pro. Yep. Yep. Uh, is to, apparently there's an Xbox controller attachment that adds quick bumper paddles to the, the controller. Yeah, that's right. So did you look this up? I tried to look this up and it looked like there were paddles kind of like around where your your fingers wrap around, like under the controller. Is that right? Yeah, I've actually, I've never seen one of these. So I uh-huh. wish I could tell you more about how they work, but I don't fully know. But, okay. <laughs> but um, I'm sure, you know, if, if you're like anyone who's been using an Xbox for any amount of time, you've probably heard of these. Oh. Or if you haven't heard of them, look them up. Um, there's, yeah. there's a number of aftermarket ones and yeah, they just kind of extend the functionality of your controller a little bit. I wonder if they, they probably like, they're probably redundant mapping, mapping from like some other button, right? Like, like from the trigger or from the bumpers up top, or is I, it just like, I think some of them, you can actually map them to do pretty sophisticated stuff. And oh. again, I'm not exactly sure how this works. But yeah. um, Basic Bro was saying that he'll actually like he maps them to leaning sometimes, and then at different parts of the game he'll switch the mapping to something else, which is like advanced technique. Mm. Um, but the one that he recommended is called the Xbox One Strike Pack, and I'm sure that there are a lot of other ones. But this can be a great way to like they they have these Xbox Deluxe controllers that have more buttons and features on them and. They cost quite a bit of money, so if you if you don't want to spend all of that additional money on getting like a new one, you can just get one of these extension packs, and apparently they work pretty well. So this next tip is another Xbox tip, comes from Ryan, and he says if you have a friend with an existing Xbox Live Gold account, you can account share. And how you do this is you log into your Xbox with their account, and then you go to settings and make that profile Xbox Home. And then you can use the Xbox Live Gold and their digital games for free without having to use their profile ever again. So you can apparently log back into your profile and you get the benefit of all of that stuff. 
So mm. this is clearly pretty sweet. I, for one, have been through the painfulness, which is realizing that you need to sign up for Xbox Live just to play your game. So mm -hmm. this is a cool way that you can get around that. Now, hopefully we're not going to get thrown in prison for telling you this on our podcast. So yeah. just don't uh, don't tell cares, people I... where you heard this, all right? You, you didn't hear it here. <laughs> I'm all about account sharing like, <laughs> every possible from, yeah. from these uh, telecoms and, and companies like Microsoft. So yeah, definitely exploit that. Yeah. All right, point number seven is from Vernon. And this is kind of another classic PUBG tip is use your boost. And so this is, is kind of... Boost is something you don't want to use like in the heat of battle. Typically, you want to use like right before, and so be proactive about using your boost. Um, especially if you have a lot of them, I love mm. it when I have like ten boost, right? And yeah. then I can just like literally for the last five minutes of the game, kind of like take them more or less um, continuously. And um, getting up to full boost is great, um, just to be able to have that extra. There's a reduction in recoil at full boost level and there's also a pretty significant speed boost and of course the health regeneration is um a lot faster yeah at that level too yeah and there's so, a big difference between full bars and like 80 percent bars so keep that in mind right now full bars there's just a small little bar at the end there that's a full bar and it if you max out at 100 percent, it takes 30 seconds to drop out of that full bar um boost level and so, you know, if you're talking end game, you can actually keep yourself fully boosted um, if you take a boost every 30 seconds or so, um, if you have a lot of them. Now, that might not be worth it if you only have two or three, or let's say like one boost left, you might want to wait till you get close to having none, none of your boosts left. But yeah, if you have a bunch, just keep taking them. Yeah. It's better to use them and get those benefits than to die with like eight boost in your backpack. You know, yeah, the end game. <laughs> no good. Yeah, it's no good. And oftentimes it feels risky, like, oh, I don't want to get shot taking my boost. But it's really, you know, if you find some good cover and you're not going to move for a moment anyway, you may as well just pop a boost and you can kind of toggle your crouch while you're doing it so that your head's not uh, vulnerable to a headshot. Right. Uh, you know, if you're, you can go prone for a second, but it's really worth doing it. Right. Now prone, it's tricky. It's interesting because you can switch between standing and crouched and not cancel. Yeah. But you can't prone from standing while taking meds. Right. Um, that will cancel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kind of switch. Sometimes I'll like, I'll move around in a tight circle, just like, you know, forwards, strafe right, backwards, strafe left, you know, and just repeat that circle. And other times I'll crouch or just mix both of those up. If you think someone might see you, which I, I always assume somebody sees me and is just waiting to shoot me in the face. Yeah. So agreed. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a great tip, Vernon. Another tip that Vernon gives us, which brings us to number eight, which I really like, is he says, watch others and in parentheses pros. He says, Doctor Disrespect and Shroud are great. But I'm not meaning them. Fuglet or Wacky Jackie or Choco Taco and those somewhat smaller guys tend to explain their mindset as well as strategies they're using in situations mm -hmm. that'll help you. So mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't agree more. Um, again, this is something that it, it kind of sounds obvious, but I think that there are a lot, there's just a lot of videos out there and there's a lot of streams that you can watch to learn 
really cool stuff. And I definitely apply things that I've watched in people's streams all the time. And there's mm -hmm. like, and actually it's funny because he says that he doesn't learn much from Shroud, but I actually have learned some really amazing tricks from Shroud. Like there's mm -hmm. a classic moment in one of Shroud's videos, which I just, I use this trick to this day is that he's in a building and there's someone else in a building and he is trying to bait them into this room because he doesn't know where they are. And so mm -hmm. what he does is he runs into this room, he leaves the door open, he puts his gun down, he punches out a window, and then he pulls his gun up and he looks at the door. And what he's doing there is he's trying to convince the other person in the building that he just vaulted out of the window. <laughs> and so this other person tears into the room thinking that they're going to be looking out and trying to shoot him out of the window. On the tail. Yeah. And he's just, he just lays him down. <laughs> so that's just, that's awesome. you know, that's just one little mind game that you can play in this game. And I never in a hundred million years would have thought to do that if I hadn't watched yeah. him doing it. Yeah. I, he's got some clever plays. I really like watching him. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So even, you know, that's a good thing to remember is even if you're watching a player like Shroud and you're like, my aim is never, ever, ever, ever going to be as good as Shroud's or I'm never going to have the mm -hmm. reflexes. But, you know, just watching the way he moves, watching his, the decisions that he makes about when to engage, watching little, oh, sometimes the pros just know they know the environment better than you do. They know that they can jump up on this railing and run around the back of a building, uh, position themselves mm -hmm. in a place that you never would have thought you could get to. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing, even if you're watching someone who's much, much, much better than you'll ever be, you can pick up stuff like that from them. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Vernon. I actually really like that tip, um, especially those shout outs to I haven't watched a lot of Wacky Jackie or Choco Taco, so I might have to start doing that. OK, point number nine. This is <laughs> called this one too much ammo and too small a backpack. <laughs> so this is something I see all the time is just like really intense hoarding of ammo and in my squad mates where like I'll die and I'll be spectating and they'll have like over 300 rounds of five, five, six, you know? And it's just, I've never seen someone run out like 200 or more rounds, except <laughs> if they're using an LMG and yeah. each in case, in yeah. that case, you know, you grab as much as you can, but this is something I've reflected on. Like, why do people like to do this? And I, I kind of came up with this metaphor where we all have had this experience in early game where we only find like two boxes of ammo and we see three people and we end up, you know, during those firefights running out and then we're, we're kind of fucked. And we have this like traumatic experience <laughs> of being in a firefight with no bullets. And I'm likening that to like what our grandparents are like uh, for my generation who had grandparents in the Great Depression. You know, they grew up with the Dust Bowl and like really like poverty, right? And and pinching pennies and they learned to like save things and be frugal and to, to hoard things, right? And they have this experience where they ran out of something and now they never let anything go. And it's kind of a cliche, but I feel like it's similar with some of our experiences with early game where we run out of bullets and we've, we've all had this kind of traumatic experience of running out of bullets and now we just like hoard them to like, you know, protect ourselves against that. And we, I would say most players have too many bullets. Now, if you have a level three backpack, you know, fine. If you want to have 300 bullets, it's probably not a big deal because you have enough room to still have all the meds you want and um, to have, you know, maybe a spare attachment. Um, but 
meds and grenades take up a lot of space. And if anything you're not going to use, you shouldn't carry. And I would say any bullets, I, I carry 150 bullets with me for my primary gun. Um, anything more than that, I call extra, unless, again, we're, you're shooting an LMG. And so the, the kind of moral for me is if, if you have 150 bullets, chances are you're going to, if you need more, you're going to need more because you've gotten into firefights and you've used some of those bullets. And if you've gotten into firefights and you used 150 bullets, chances are you killed people and you can go loot them. And they're probably a hoarder and they probably have 300 bullets on them. <laughs> you know? And so my, my philosophy is definitely prioritize meds and grenades. Um, and the, the bullets, you're kind of naturally going to have enough if you stick at 150 Mm. So that's my soapbox on that. That's such a good point, though. I think it's this. I I also think in addition to the dust bowl, there's kind of a conceit around it. You know, there's like this part of the brain. It's like, oh, I'm gonna work my way through 200 bullets, killing all these people. And yeah. I think if you were to look back on the statistics of your game, it would probably be like embarrassing how few shots you shot in most of your games. <laughs> totally. You know, it's like I shot like, right, right. 67 like- bullets before I died. Right. Like in in the last half of the game, like what's the average number of bullets somebody has when they die? You know, yeah, it's, it's probably like two hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably on average carry like two hundred more bullets than you need per match. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and just a one more thing on this is that it's it, I like that you mentioned LMGs. It's just good to know how many bullets each weapon typically takes. So like a car ninety eight, if you need more than fifty bullets of seven mil for your car 98 that's just an epic amount of of shots you're taking with that gun like it's just so many shots so you really don't need that many um if you have like an sks you're probably going to want a few more because you're going to be spamming a little bit more and then of course any gun that goes full auto you're going to want a little more so your numbers probably differ but that's just it's a little scale and it's a good thing to think about Mm mm-hmm all right, and uh, moving on to our final of these 10 tips is uh, something that you brought up, Robin, and I really like this. You said, don't take damage when it's possible not to. So peak until mm-hmm. you're the point you're vulnerable, not until you've dealt X, dealt X damage or got the kill. And actually, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and explain this for us? So this is just something I've noticed in myself is that when I peak, I... It, it like right when before you peak there's usually some expectation you have if you're in a firefight and what that expectation is is really important and so usually when i peak i'm thinking that i have a goal of like landing some significant damage on the target or killing them and i think that that's the wrong mentality to have about like what your goal is for peaking and so the, the idea is here here is that you you might peak, and the, the first thing that might happen is you get nailed, right? And if you're still attached to this idea of like, oh, but I want to just land these two or three hits on them, and mm. then I'll go back and hide, mm. chances are you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, really good <laughs> And point. so I think b- being in a more defensive mindset and thinking in terms of taking damage versus dealing it is going to keep you alive for longer, right? And so the idea for me is I'm going to peak until pretty much right up until the point where I think they're going to get me on target and I'm not going to wait for them to get that shot off. I'm going to hide. 
So I'm going to mm-hmm. peek and mm-hmm. it's like a second. You peek for a second, let off a couple bullets and then go back. And if you happen to miss, whatever, just, just hide again, peek from the other side, try again. And don't be trying to kill everyone on every peak. Mm, Instead, be really trying to point. serve yeah. your health. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so true, especially since, you know, oftentimes what wins you a firefight is getting in your shots at the right time or catching someone in a disadvantageous mm-hmm. situation, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I've, I know, mm-hmm. I love this point because it's happened so many times to me where I'm like, I'm peeking and I'm like, oh, but I just hit them three times. Surely the fourth bullet is going to kill them, right? Exactly. And then again, exactly, you're not noticing that your health bar is rapidly diminishing, you know, and you you kind of, you end up losing that fight and you're lying on the ground thinking, where did it all go wrong? (laughs) Um, And it's because you you were more attached to what you wanted to do than you were to like actually paying attention to what was happening. Yes, this is a survival game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay alive, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and ch- chances are you're going to win that encounter by um, taking more strategic peaks. You're going to win that encounter by doing more unexpected things than your opponent did. You're going to win that encounter by outmaneuvering them. Um, much you're going to do those you're going to win that way much more often than you are just because you were a better shot than they were or because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. your gun did more damage per second than their gun totally. did and this yeah. is this isn't something i see in just you know average players like you and me that that could benefit from this i see really good players using this technique where they're pretty conservative about how long they're peaking and and kind of how they're exposing themselves even though they have a really good shot Right, like totally. they're pretty conservative about what they think they can do often. Right. Um, so I've noticed, I've seen this a lot in in Shroud and in Fuglet, where they're pretty careful about like how long they're peaking and and what they think they can pull off in that time, and they're they're definitely thinking about avoiding bullets. Um, yeah, as much as. Uh, landing those shots so yeah and it's it's easy to miss because when you're watching them you're just watching them land all these shots and killing people Mm -hmm. and it's easy Mm -hmm. to miss the fact that they peeked in and out of that tree like 10 times you know yep yep um and this actually yeah i like uh one of our tips mentioned choco taco and i've noticed he's a really good example of this he's a he's just like a constant peeker like Mm. one of his favorite tactics is to to hole up in a house and just cover all the windows and take people out that way and he's like a squirrel man he's just like peeking frantically all the time Mm. and it just it makes so much more sense it's like if you can just pop off like one or two shots in like a fraction of a second there's almost no way that they're gonna hit you and so Mm -hmm. your chance of hitting them is whatever percent it is but their chance of hitting you is so much lower than your chance of hitting them Mm-hmm. So that that's just a yeah, love this point. Cool. Well, that's it, man. All right. That's it. This has been a pretty epic episode. This is this is going to make you guys a pro. You guys are going to be pro players. You guys are going to make millions of dollars on streaming if you just follow these 10 tips. Totally. And then you're going to donate those donate millions of dollars. <laughs> um cool. Yeah, right, so Parting, parting thoughts. Parting thoughts. Just love 
love having you guys thanks so much for joining our podcast you can reach us through all of the usual channels our discord server you can write to us at winnerpodcast at gmail.com you can donate on our patreon if you feel so moved and now you can also post in our subreddit so don't be shy about that cool all right well with that i'm gonna sign off don't forget to grab the gas guys bye bye